Kia everybody. Welcome to Mark Shorter's amazing office-themed installation, Fortune Teller Number 2 Branch Office. So I'm just quickly, I'm Chelsea Nichols, I'm the curator here at the Douse, and I'm just here to introduce the lovely Lisa Beauchamp, who is director of the Gus Fisher Gallery in Auckland, where this was originally installed. And of course we have Mark Schroeder, the very talented artist who has going to ruin all of our office dreams in this space. <laughs> Thank you, Chelsea, and hello everyone. Lovely to see you. Thanks for coming out on this rainy day. Um, yeah, it's amazing to be back in Mark's installation because we had it in Auckland this time last year, actually. We opened a year today. Um, but we actually started talking about this project a year before that, pretty much, didn't we? Yeah. So it's been a long time in making, and just to be able to tour it here, I mean, I never thought we'd be able to tour a project like this, but Mark, you will learn, is a machine, so he can build anything anywhere. So um, thank you to the Dallas for just giving us this amazing opportunity. So I thought we'd maybe start, Mark, by talking about kind of where this project came from. So Mark's a lawyer and an artist, which is quite a kind of unique combination. <laughs> um, I was keeping it a secret for quite a while. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah, I yeah. had to kind of embrace it for this project. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you trained as a lawyer and then you went back to art school, didn't you, at yeah. AUT? Yeah, I'm in the second bench of law school first. So yeah. then I thought I'd go to art school. Yeah. yeah. So at AUT, I mean, how did you know, because you've got such a distinct aesthetic, and I think, you know, we'll see that as we move through. Um, but maybe you could talk a bit about your studies at AUT, and then also maybe how your job as a lawyer informs, you yeah. know, your your well, job as an artist. Yeah, because before I went to AUT, I was doing a bit of design school at Massey, and then I kind of got sick of the idea of having to work for more clients doing design, because I already work for clients as a lawyer. So I thought, go to art school, I can do what I want. Yeah. And I went into art school kind of as a painter, but as soon as I got there, I started painting on like wood and objects and stuff, and everyone was like, maybe you should go check out the sculpture studio. So I went down <laughs> to the sculpture, and that seemed pretty cool. And then as I started building stuff, I thought, I kind of want to make the whole make the whole world, just control everything, and put everyone in the middle of the space. So that's what I started doing. And then, I guess, I was working part-time at the time, so I was using the office photocopier and office supplies and this mm -hmm. installation, so it just seemed natural to start merging the two together. And then over time, a lot of my um, kind of themes and context of my show kind of came out of my day job like you know, I've done a lot of fictitious companies kind of scamming companies and stuff like that so yeah yeah and so when we started first talking about this project so I remember seeing your you did a couple you did a couple of projects down in Christchurch yeah. so there was one at Christchurch Art Gallery and yeah. the physics room and yeah. both of those were exploring those kind of fictitious companies that kind of boom and bust kind of yeah. cycle um can you maybe talk a bit about those yeah, so I had at Crushers out in New Run, I had like a cryptocurrency scamming kind of investment company in the shop out there. And then at the same time in this Crushers art gallery in town, I had like a, almost like the holding company, like the parent company that owned those kind of subsidiary scamming companies. Yeah, and each of those kind of had like its own branding and logo and also its own values and kind of, kind of corporate kind of paraphernalia, I guess. But I guess I wanted to make, make these companies have like a kind of front of confidence and so, so people would get kind of drawn into the scam, but... I thought that to add the layer to it, it needed the values that would add to the scam. So, so each company had its own values. And yeah. So then I, for this one, I think I kind of talked about this outsource company that created values for other companies. It was also a horrible place to work. <laughs> so that's kind of where I got to with that. Yeah. 
So that kind of transition then from kind of, you know, kind of these fictitious companies, these boom and bust kind of companies, and then thinking about a company where the sole purpose of that company is all around, yeah. you know. Like helping to do that facade or the front for another company. Yeah. And also being owned by the other company. It's a nice little circle, mm-hmm. like a company structure. Yeah. yeah. So I think kind of really intrinsic to your work is like thinking around um, kind of corporate structures and well-being. So I kind of, when I come to your work, I always think about like the environment within kind of a big kind of corporate organization, like, you know, maybe being a lawyer, you know, and, you know, branding exercises as well. So, you know, Gus Fisher Gallery, where I work, is part of the university. So, you know, they're always coming up with um, those big kind of like uh, mission statements and, you know, those kind of big kind of hefty documents where you kind of think about the values that your organisation will represent and the values that you yourself as an employee of that organisation are meant to ingrained in your kind of workplace culture. So... I often feel with your work, I mean, there's so much humour to it, but also it's really coming from, like, a place of genuine experience. Yeah, that's why I mean, <laughs> That's why the lawyer thing's kind of important to say now, because I kind of had to live through this in both the government work and private practice. So it sometimes doesn't really mesh that well with how you feel about being in that place. So it's kind of, like, jarring that you're being forced to be positive or something. But I think it's okay not to have to be positive the whole time about it. Like, you've, mm. you've got to have a job, and it's like, some jobs are better than others, but they're all jobs, and... Jobs aren't always that kind of fun, so. And you don't truly hate your lawyer job, do you? Because no, no, I think no, no, people no. walking through this and go, oh my God, is he all right? You know? if, you hate your job, <laughs> if you hate your job every day, then it's probably not the best job to do, but you can hate it from time to time as well. It's, you, know, it's not, you don't have to be happy the whole time about your job. It's like, it's always frustrating and you know, yeah, annoying. Especially when I'm trying to make art and I'm trying to. <laughs> and I've got an art deadline and I'm trying to get my work done at the same time. So you very much see then, you know, your your practice as a lawyer very much inform your practice as an artist. So I think you've spoken yeah, and about... The, and the other way as well. And the other way. My desk at work is quite a, quite a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you see the desk back here, you won't be surprised that his desk at work is a mess. Um, I certainly wasn't. So you very much see them as feeding into each other, yeah. which is really interesting because I think, you know... As a lot of artists, you know, we all need to have kind of other jobs. But, you know, I think sometimes it's that then that make main ambition is the kind of, oh, I'd love to give up my job, you know, in this area and just be a full-time artist. But that's not something that no, really no. appeals to you, is it? Not really. No. No, full-time art would be pretty kind of lonely and a lot of work, I think. So <laughs> I need to go back to work for a break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's better. <laughs> and also I need to go back to work to find more ideas. Yeah, because I'll be in a meeting and someone will have a really crappy PowerPoint going. I'll be like, That's, that looks so weird. I'm going to take a photo of that for, for art. It's <laughs> like research. You know? Yeah. It's like you're in a meeting, you kind of drift out of the meeting, you feel like you're not even part of the meeting anymore. It's like you're watching it as a kind of like, what the hell's going on here? Like, this is such a weird space to be in. Yeah. And that PowerPoint looks really weird. And... So I think that's kind of important to know before we kind of progress through the installation is just the way that Mark works, that kind of interconnection between that kind of law practice and his artistic practice. I mean, maybe we should just give a brief recap of the project at Gus Fisher Gallery. So when I approached you, I mean, it was the premise of the project was really a site responsive project. So we've got this big dome gallery. So Gus Fisher Gallery, for those of you that haven't been, we're in this big heritage building that used to be radio and TV studios. So it's got this history of broadcasting. 
And actually in the Dome Gallery, it's the first a gallery you enter when you enter the building. It used to be where the offices were for the TV studios. So I was like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing to like do something site responsive that kind of looked back at, um, you know, how this space used to be a reception space. And I think there was a particular point, because we've got lots of materials on the Gus Fisher Gallery's kind of the, the history of the building. And there was a moment in the 60s when it was TV studios where we've got this amazing Art Deco dome and they installed this low ceiling, I think, that it was just good for kind of sound. Um, and then in the 80s, they removed the full ceiling and suddenly because uh, the full ceiling was kind of making it kind of dreary for the staff. So they did these improvements um, by removing this full ceiling and letting this glorious dome and kind of refurbing that. And that was the point that really inspired you, the fact that they made these kind of alterations based on improving the environment for the staff. So I remember kind of when we were kind of, I sent you some kind of archival information and that really struck you as being kind of super interesting and a kind of point of response. So the installation kind of developed more or less from that. Um, and then, the colours here, I mean, the colours that you've chosen, I mean, you've gone for quite a 70s kind of aesthetic with a green screen. A little mix of yeah. kind of old government department kind of colours. And, yeah. Yeah, and I knew, I think they had that note that we found about they were using lots of colours in the 80s to brighten up the space or an attempt to brighten the space. Yeah. 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 So this idea to try and kind of improve... Actually, everyone, everyone here has mentioned that it looks like telephone or something, and I think I remember that Gus Fisher was actually where they had telephone in the 80s. <laughs> so it kind yeah, of, it was. It was an accidental kind of nice kind of... And then you've used this green screen as well. Yeah, I kind of felt like that was a nice reference to the TV kind of studio. Yeah. And that, even that logo is kind of a tweak of that kind of that old TVNZ logo. From, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's probably an important point as we go through, just to bear that in mind, that this was kind of originally conceived for a kind of office space that was TV studios. So there's kind of references. I mean, I think it works amazingly well here because you've got this low ceiling. Yeah, okay. And for me, wall. when I came in, it feels quite claustrophobic, which I think you really want, don't you? It's kind of just come off the walls of it, so it kind of blocks up and comes off all these dead ends like as well. So. Yeah, yeah. So you've got this kind of more claustrophobic feel. And tons of fluoros, you know, we had a few more fluoros in here, so we were kind of running late. <laughs> and so the title, Fortune Teller. So at Gus Fisher, it was just called Fortune Teller. Yeah. And here it's Fortune Teller, brand, uh, number two, branch office. Can you well, tell us about that shift? Because you've made a few kind well, of I work, changes. I, I currently work for a company at the head office in Wellington, and Auckland's a branch, so I like the idea of spinning that back around, mm -hmm. making Wellington the branch. And also, it's just a funny riff on that kind of the fact that there's a few branches in the show. It's <laughs> just a really lame title. But yeah, I like the idea of it being a secondary thing to the main one mm. and an offshoot. Yeah. So, this is conceived as the kind of slightly poorer, slightly drearier, <laughs> you know, less budget kind of. Um, branch office. Well, it makes so sense if, like, you know, if I, did yeah. the first, if I did the first one to kind of stand alone, but then to do a second one, I can get you to do multiple versions. There are heaps of branch offices around the country. Yeah. We have one closing down. Do one in a mall somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that was the kind of head yeah. office, and this is the kind of branch office. Yeah. People could buy a franchise if they want. And they go home. <laughs> right, okay, there you go. We'll be taking share options at the end. <laughs> so, come with the carpet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, this carpet was already here. There's a lot here, of this carpet right? downstairs. So I think when you first 
visited this space, I mean, when Chelsea approached us to kind of bring it here, you really liked this space, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, I felt yeah. perfect for it because it was, you know, off the head the Tapa Tiles already. So I can play with that. I mean, I'm sorry to jump in, but this is the gallery that Akira's working here will know. This is the hardest gallery to program because you're fighting against this architecture, this sort of janky shape, the low ceilings, the carpeted bottom. Yeah. And then I saw Mark's install at Gus Fisher and I thought, oh God, okay. <laughs> he doesn't have to fight against anything. He can make it worse. <laughs> so I kind of, yeah, so I kind of wanted to, yeah, because it's, it's quite nice to play off what's here. So I kind of wanted to sort of cinder block like the structure of it. Yeah, so just riffing, riffing off some of the stuff that was already here. So as people approach it then, I mean, it does look for you, the front of the installation looks quite bare. It looks quite minimal. I thought you were going to say it looks quite tidy compared to... Um, well, no, it does look well, like quite tidy. Well, actually well built you. rather than the metal building. It does look quite tidy. So, I mean, is this kind of like the reception desk that's kind of unmanned? We had that at Gus yeah. Gallery where, you know, because when you normally come into an office, there's someone kind of manned. But, but you I also know, wanted the front to be kind of confident and kind of clean and, you know, like look yeah. like it's everyone like, got their shit together behind the scenes, but really... It's a mess back there. Yeah. Like most, like most workplaces, kind of, you know, there's that facade of like you know. Yeah. And then as you go, as you work there, or you go in there, it's like holy shit, this place is just hanging on. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's, everyone's going, but mental, and the boss doesn't know what they're doing. No one yeah. else knows what they're doing. Yeah. There's probably one person knows what they're doing. The rest of people are just like rushing around. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're, you're presenting in this kind of facade. Yeah. And then we've got, you know, the values yep. there as well. So that's kind of important. And yeah, just some those. very bad kind of <laughs> office office art. So why don't we just talk as well just about the kind of the concept and, you know, all these materials that you've kind of printed out. So all of these you've written, but I think you well, kind of... Well, you cut, took cut and paste, from, stolen. Pasted. That's all just real stuff from, like, people that do this for a job, I guess. And um, it was funny when I did it in Auckland... I invited some of my colleagues up to the opening and they told me when they got there that my work just had an email going out saying we're going to redo our values and our mission statement. And then they're like, if HR came up here today, they'd probably cry. <laughs> and then the head of HR and another aid director came up and they're like, I, I feel like they used the material in the wrong way. They kind of took it and like, oh, we could use this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all like, it's all like, it all, it's all from those things. They just cut and paste it together from like, you know, value yeah. proposition programs and wellness. Yeah, it's all that kind of, but it's just weird taking it out of the context and be like, this sounds so weird when you read it. It does, yeah. and I think when you do read it, I mean, you can take these away as well. I mean, I think it's very scary, actually, just how real, yeah. you know, and how familiar these are as well. And I think also that's the tension with your, your work, Mark, is that it's coming from a place of genuine experience, but also kind of there's a really fine line between it feeling very familiar and then it feeling completely absurd and surreal. Yeah. Which is dumb, you know? but you know, like... So I feel like, you know, as you go through, you really get that, like, oh, that that really looks like, and then you're like, oh, but that's really surreal. Well, it's the funny thing was, before I came mix. down here to do this, I found, accidentally found a confidential printout on the on our photocopier at work. So we've got our new values now, and they had all these mock-ups of how that would look in the office. I could have done that for free, but they, they paid someone, <laughs> pay someone else a lot of money to do that. Because they hired consultants to come in and spend all this time working with us. It's like... It's a lot of money right there in time. It's a big business. Yeah. Okay, well let's let's go through. So, okay, so we're here in the kind of I suppose the front office, like breakout rooms. Is your kind of seeing this? Is probably these? like a maybe a meeting room you have for clients, have a chat about what they need to make yeah. their office happier, more yeah. productive, all that kind of stuff. So can you maybe talk about the powerpoints because there's oh. quite a few screens throughout the installation yeah. where you've got these powerpoints rolling. Yeah, that's just, and again, just cut and pasting from 
online stuff. I can't about EVP programs. There's EV behind there that has a lot of a lot of values from companies in New Zealand, like you know, like accountancy firms, insurance banks, law firms. My new law firm I'm going to is on is in there. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they know that yet. But. I'm just surprised you still got a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a debate with head of HR about it for a while, and she said that she's like, well, we need to have it for the public. And I was like, do we need that for the public? Like, mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who it's for. Is it some internal or external? Firm? And also these values. I mean. I think we've kind of discussed, you know, values like integrity, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, respect, a, excellence. They kind I of mean, get a bit empty and they kind of should go without really thinking. Like, yeah. But that should just be part of everyone's kind of way of being in a job anyway. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But so it, yeah, it feels quite a kind of... If someone's of not being that, then they should, probably should be fired because, you know, <laughs> that's what we're doing at my work. Like, in, like from, a, from reception through, you could name, ask anyone, they name about four or five people who they got, if you got rid of those people. This place would be actually a pretty cool place to work. But there's these few people around who just make it really difficult for everyone. Yeah. yeah. And everyone knows who they are. Just, I can see a burgeoning HR I'd rather, career. I mean, rather than having five babies, you just have five people's names. You know, be, be, wary, be wary of these people. You might be all right. Yeah. Maybe I'm one of them, I don't know. <laughs> so these posters then, yeah. I mean... You know, again, I mean, to me, they have a kind of definite aesthetic to them. I mean... Um, yeah, well, I stole all the images from one particular company, from a, um, an Enron annual report, <laughs> which I thought <laughs> I gave it away. So, yeah, yeah. And so tell us about the Bureau of Happiness. So the whole installation is called Fortune Teller, and that houses the Bureau of Happiness. And so the idea that, you know, this place, you know, would be filled with white-collared workers, and their role is to come up yeah, with kind of well-being mottos, templates, ideas to kind of improve the workplace. But unfortunately, they've all become very disillusioned yeah, too, and all, yeah, everything's they, gone um, slightly awry. Yeah, there's probably too few staff to do the work and there's too many hard-out KPIs to meet, so they've become yeah. a bit kind of frazzled and frantic as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's lots of, you know, there's postcards around that you'll see with, you know, these slogans that are supposedly meant to be kind of motivational slogans but actually really yeah. not motivational at all so like it's okay to hate your job you yeah know. i just like the idea of someone maybe someone's messing around with the uh, the printer and tuning out kind of subversive postcards rather than yeah. yeah 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 a little kind of subtle dig at the, the workplace yeah yeah um and so it's all gone slightly awry and also you know where are these white collar workers you know it's very messy as we progress it gets even messier you know i feel like with this installation that you really leave a lot up to um you know there's lots of kind of open to interpretation have these workers just kind of left has yeah, the company I mean, suddenly gone bust yeah, yeah. you know yeah, have they, they, they quit have they quit oh, yeah. exactly you know, you don't tell us that, and yeah. I think it's it's really nice that actually, you know, you leave that open. Well, I kind of want it to be, yeah, kind of lived in, but not quite sure if it's coming or going in that kind of sense, whether mm. it's a functional or it's been tipped over. And also because you're using these the aesthetic as well with these kind of makeshift walls and these everything's kind of you know this is all quite run down. Well it's done. kind of thinking, you know, is this is this a company? Have we encountered this years after, or is it quite recent? All of these questions are quite kind of, you know, open and you can kind of imagine what, you know, whether this was ever really a properly functioning workplace oh, or not. It was definitely dysfunctional. It yeah. was definitely dysfunctional. Yeah, it's, it's, it's dysfunction was in its DNA. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. What did Chelsea call it? Demotivational office. Demotivational office. Yeah. Mm. So it's got a very dystopian vibe, but it's got a lot of humour to it yeah, as well. Yeah, it's still meant to be kind of fun. And um, as we go through, I mean, we'll see objects that you've cast. So they're ceramic. Um, and they're ceramic replicas of the original objects. So there's a lot of kind of like playful kind of trompe l'oeil going on through the installation. You've cast uh, mobile phones. Yeah. Um, a broken mobile phone. A broken mobile phone as well. So I think, you know, you'll really see, like, the attention to detail is quite remarkable. Yeah, I think with, since with this one, I managed, since we had that long lead-in, I managed to make more ceramic stuff than real stuff. I guess it's more ceramics here than real stuff, in, in a sense. Yeah. So I just get making, get grabbing stuff from the office and going and casting it. <laughs> yeah. So basically, there's no stationery left in Mark's office because he's gone and cast it all. Okay. Let's move round to kind of the, the back offices, which get even more crazy and kind of maximalist. So you'll notice here, we've got, um, it's a secure, like a surveillance camera, so we can see everyone walking through, which again is like redundant because obviously the person sat at their desk can literally look up <laughs> as well. So, you know, so tell us about the cheese and the bananas. Because the cheese is actually, so it's a reference to this book, oh, yeah, Who yeah. Moved My Cheese. My dad got given that book a long time ago. Yeah. I think he had a big boss who used to give him like a bunch of random kind of like motivational slash business books. And this is a book, I think it's about embracing change. Like if you're going to get restructured, maybe you get this book to make sure that you can survive and you know, get a new job or work for the new job in that company that you get restructured in. Mm. So it's kind of like, I kind of like that reference. And then... Just more generally with cheese, you know, like cheesy stuff, big cheese, and then like Swiss cheese, but you know, if the holes line up, things are going wrong, kind of mm -hmm. thing. So yeah, just all those little references like that. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of cheese yeah, and <laughs> going on. And then you've got floppy disks, you've got, you know, all oh, these yeah, I mean, like little postcards. Success yeah. doesn't come to you with a very generic man mm -hmm. in a suit. Don't feed the bears. I mean, that's, well, I think that's just a bit of advice, isn't it, really? <laughs> <laughs> Don't rock the boat. It's okay to hate your job. The, These... new, one, the new one's too busy to work. That's, what I mean. That's yeah. why I said all week when they rang me up. <laughs> too busy to work. Too busy to work. Yeah. And then these are new, aren't they? I yeah. mean, I love these. Yeah, so I just this like... is a ceramic of like a floppy disk. I think because when I came to visit here, I knew that we had some old computers we could use and just reference yeah. that kind of just technology from across time as well. So it felt a little bit out of kilter. So when I'm looking at this, I'm kind of, you know, it's a desk. It's a really messy desk, but you know, these ceramic replicas, I mean, they really throw you because they really, really do look like the, the actual thing. You've I got mean, the mouse, the, mouse, the mouse works pretty well in terms of pulling people. The mouse is a great prank. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. Gus Fisher, I pranked my staff by uh, replacing them with their computer mice. Well, I actually did it over there the table over, on the table over there with that computer as I was trying to get to work and I used the wrong mouse yeah. as well. <laughs> you prank yourself. Yeah, prank yourself. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So we've got a half-eaten ceramic pie. We've got ceramic bananas. We've got a little tennis ball. We've got a ceramic stapler. Now tell us about the mouse guards because that, well, well, that's quite Yeah, um, well, I was thinking about well, just obviously food at the desk because you're too busy to go get lunch properly so you're eating yeah. at the desk. Yeah. And then just mouth guards, I keep thinking about, you know, stress and pressure and like chewing gum and, mm. uh, you know, I grind my teeth so I've got to wear a mouth guard now when I sleep. And it's just like all that kind of tension and frustration yeah. of being at your desk and working. Because I actually didn't find it, I found that sometimes I'd get annoyed at work more than anywhere else. And my dentist said to me, are you stressed out? I said, not really. But then I went back to work and I got this email from someone I was like, 
I can feel myself just like getting real tense and frustrated straight away. I'm like, oh, that's where it's coming from. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I thought everyone should have a mouse guard for work as well as sleeping. <laughs> Very good. Yep. And the ceramic chewing gum. That's again just chewing, you know, that kind of chewing out of frustration. Yeah. Kind of, and it's kind of like, kind of gross as well, so it's kind of nice to have around. Yeah. It's cast of real chewing gum that I chewed and then. It's a cast, it's a cast, yeah. not cast real, it's gum. not the actual not chewing gum. I'm not allowed to have real chewing gum in this building. No. <laughs> and then we've got ceramic Listerine bottles. Yeah, for a meeting, I guess. For a meeting. Yeah. yeah. And this is a new addition. What is that one? Oh, that's my mouth. That's my mouth. That's Mark's mouth. With a cigarette mouth. That's what I got when I got your like, actual, actual mouth? Yeah, that's what they meant the mouth about. Yes. Well, I thought like, they said, do you want it? I said, of course I want it. So <laughs> I thought I'd use it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what to say after that. Yeah. I've pretty turned it down, so. So, um, I mean, this desk is wonderful. I mean, that's you, a pretty you know, horrible the space, that one. Papers shred everywhere. I think it's the worst desk in the, in the whole place, that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I it's like the most it. put upon person. Okay. Yeah. So, talk about this so this is like your you know your desktop screen that's oh, i yeah. mean it's gone completely crazy yeah. and there's a virus or something yeah. port it they haven't called back for three days yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. yeah. they don't know where you actually are and can't <laughs> fix the computer yeah yeah, yeah. you've got like the motif of the mouse yeah. kind of with the cheese again um does that race to the top and then when you get to the top there's nothing there the, yeah. per, the, the permanent structure we have to survive on any, any place we go. And then if we, I mean, we probably have to come around here individually. But yeah, I mean, you said this is like the worst place, the worst office space. Yeah, I think of that thing. You're working your desk. This one's behind you, looking for the. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of dark and kind of crammed. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this idea of kind of surveillance as well, isn't there? Yeah, through I this. Because when we had the Gus Fisher shows, I went to the back of the house and I realised that there was a security camera. They had quite a footage of the way this install was up there, and I thought it could tie it into mm-hmm. this idea of the, some boss watching you. Yeah. Like some boss's only job is to really watch you do your work and not doing work himself or herself. Yeah. That kind of management where it's like you're always getting watched. People yeah. do, some people work in that kind of performative way. It's like acting how I think I should be acting, or I'm going to sit here until my boss leaves so I look like I'm, you know, work, yeah. And also because, you know, the walls are kind of open, you can see through. Yeah. But you're still kind of separated, you know. So I feel like there's this kind of element of surveillance, but there's also this kind of separation as well. It always reminds me of like the mazes that you put the rats through. Like I yeah. felt like it was like a rat race kind of well, reference. Got, this one's got those two dead ends, like the front counter or the kind of boardroom, which doesn't really go anywhere either. So all right, well let's head to the boardroom, shall we? So yeah, on that screen you can see. So that's kind of security footage of the show at Gus Fisher. So this is kind of the best desk, really. It's the uh, it's biggest probably, desk, isn't it? Maybe the boss's the, probably desk. The, probably the boss's desk. Branch yeah, yeah. manager's desk, I guess. Yeah, branch yeah. manager's desk. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. what they're doing, but they're definitely yeah. watching. And then this leads through to, was it the smallest I board? Wanna, yeah, really underwhelming boardroom. A really <laughs> underwhelming boardroom. So the so smallest nothing, boardroom nothing, table. Nothing so. so yeah, this is quite an underwhelming boardroom. Yeah. And so you mentioned, you know, you've used this table before. I mean, in your previous installations, I mean, because there's so many objects in this, I mean, you just acquire those objects over time and yeah. then you kind of use them in, in different contexts. Yeah, I recycle a lot of stuff in terms of like, even the framing, you're framing the lights and yeah. stuff quite a few times. Um, and stuff like the phones and polycom and stuff have been used a lot. There's actually a polycom in here that I found at a dump shop and um, at my work, everyone's everyone always emailing about who's got the polycom. So people came to my show and be like, have you stolen the polycom from work? But I said I had, but I, it was actually going to cost $5 from the dump shop, so it was good. <laughs> I've used it a few times as well. Yeah. Yeah. I should probably cast that one day, but I really upset 
efficiency of my afternoon paint was stealing really badly. Was it against all their training this year? <laughs> <laughs> I think what was it? One of the technicians said, "Yeah, I've never worked with an artist who just wants to make something look as bad as possible." Yeah. <laughs> so you work in quite a kind of yeah, well, I want, different I want, way. Like, um, I want the ceramics to look good and tidy, but yeah. not some of the structure look really messy and kind of, yeah. yeah. yeah so just having a nice mix between the high and the low kind of vibe. And just talk about your process. I mean, you know, when I arrived yesterday, I don't know whether I should reveal this, but none of the objects or ceramics were out. So basically, you know, putting all of the objects out and the ceramics is the last thing you do, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. you did, I mean, you did it very, very quickly, but it's very intuitive, isn't um, it? I've made a mess before, so... Yeah, but we're yeah, trying yeah. to make it a mess, so that's, yeah. that's the fun part, you know, you get to chuck the stuff around and put it out and make sure there's enough to, to see. So even though you've, you you know, you did the show at Gus Fisher, it's yeah. not like you were working to like photographs of, right, okay, this was, this was the desk, <laughs> this was the desk at Gus Fisher, I must place oh, this be, ceramic in the exact same spot. That would be impossible. Yeah, not at all. But it's not very fun either, so. But I think that's really interesting in that, you know, you don't overthink where you're going to put things, do you? No, 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 it's just be unnatural. I mean, the, the good thing about rushing is that it kind of feels like you can just, there's no need to think, you're just kind of putting it down, where would, mm -hmm. where would it go, where would it be within reach, and then, mm -hmm. yeah, that's it. But it also feels like you have thought through the look and yeah. the style, you know? This isn't just like well, you've just thrown it down, you know, there well, is a thought process well, when that's we going on. talking about it, I, you know, I wrote you a, a document that kind of set out yeah. what I was doing, and we mapped it as well, so that kind of gives me the, Kind of blueprint to work off in terms of what I know yeah. what I'm kind of going for, and then what objects I might want to make to, to tie them to that as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, so there's kind of plan behind it. So you've already at a very early stage, then you've already kind of thought about you know the textures, yeah. the colors. A lot of it's already made in my head at the start, uh, and I work towards realizing yeah. it with a few things coming in as I go. Yeah, I think cause I think the cheese came in a bit later because I found that book when I was tying up. Thought, oh, the cheese is good, so yeah. But then most of it's kind of thought through before that. So you've yeah, got to work towards it. Because I feel like there, there's so many, you know, things that feel very familiar to this when I look at it from, you know, you know, the show we had. But then there's so many things that are different as well, so which is really exciting for me. Branch office maybe, maybe has some different stuff from head office. So you've made a lovely courtyard. Oh, I did, yeah, that's right. So, um, so you know, imagining all these workers, they're working hard, they're all feeling a bit yeah, down head, in the dumps. But we've provided them with a beautiful space to go and so, relax and have yeah, a break. they've got a beautiful courtyard where they can go and eat their lunch or you know have a cigarette so let's go to the courtyard okay so now we're in the courtyard with the beautiful trellis and um you made all of these tiles yep. didn't you yeah they're yep. handmade and handmade. i had to make a batch more because they will they kind of break over time because they're meant to step down and broken uh yeah so i made a new batch for here and you weren't allowed soil so we've got some um, we've got some pebbles instead pebbles and stone yeah yeah which yeah. i think works well i like the color of it yeah i yeah. really like it and then a new addition for this show has been the ceramic leaves oh yeah yeah so know. what prompted you to make those uh i was just rolling out the tiles and i stuck leaves on the leftover clay and i started playing around with it and it worked out all right so I, yeah so i thought i'd use them <laughs> And then, you know, you've got lot of, so screwed up, failed lottery tickets around. Yeah, they're all losers, so don't worry about They're all losing to... tickets. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually lost a batch in the first show, so I had to go to the lottery shop and ask for all their, all their rubbish. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we had some interesting, we've had some interesting kind of things happen. So when the show was up at Gus Fisher Gallery, 
um, our cleaners were very confused and they came in and they swept up and they started tidying. So we lost a few leaves and lotto tickets, so we had to replace those. Um, but like you, just to see, like my parents play a lot of it. Just the idea that you kind of you're trying to buy your way out by trying to win your way yeah. out, or yeah, mm. like, like life is a lot of luck and chance. And again, that relates to the title, fortune mm. teller. Yeah. And then you've got cans, you've got mouth guards, and screwed up cigarette packets. Well, they got. You? Well, they got. They had teeth on them, so. Teeth. That kind of made. I feel like there's more teeth in this. This. I think there are more mouth guards. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the tension has increased then. Yeah, it's quite stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a kind of workplace orientation. Maybe deorientation. Deorientation, yeah. Disorientation. Yeah. I mean, for me, I just think, you know, again, Mark, you've created such a rich and insightful and just really, it's just such a wonderful and stunning installation. It's fantastic. And it's really great to see it in this space. I feel like I always come to your work with you know, noticing different things and picking up on, you know, different things that you've referenced. Um, yeah, and I feel like it's, yeah, a lot of people are going to engage with it. So I don't feel too dystopian. I think I feel quite positive, actually. Um, but thank you so much, Mark. Congratulations.